0: Welcome to podcast number 59 on April 13th of 2022. My name is Ian Duncan MacDonald. I am the author for four investment books. Today, we will first answer five questions I have received in the last week, and then I will begin reading from chapter 10 of my latest book, American High Dividend Handbook.
1: Question number one. Stock symbol FAF scores 67 when I use your stock scoring software. This is high, yet ENB Enbridge only scored a 65. It is a much better choice, in my opinion. Other stocks that I do not consider super high quality also scored in the 60s. Am I doing something wrong?
0: If you question the scores of stocks, print out the software's scoring page. Look at the subscores for each of the 11 items. Compare FAF, Fire and Flower, with ENB, Enbridge. Which of the 11 score items is ENB lower on? You keyed in the information that is available. The objective scoring system does an objective calculation. It doesn't care what you think about the stock. The score is what it is. The score is only one thing to look at. When you go to each of these stocks' unique page in the book, which one has the better history of ever-rising share prices and dividend payouts? When you do a Google search for each, are you picking up any negatives? The difference between a score of 65 and 67 is so little that it is almost irrelevant. They are both good scores, as is any score over 60. It is really a matter of you choosing the one you prefer. I own several stocks that pay dividends close to 9%, whose scores are in the mid-50s, even the high 40s. Since I live off my dividends, I need high scores to offset the lower dividends paid by high-scoring stocks like the banks that usually pay 35 to 4%. I want an average return of 6% for the total portfolio, so I must take a bit more than a calculated risk. If every stock in your portfolio is over 60, you will have a very safe dividend portfolio. But you will probably not generate as much dividend income as I generate. But that is the choice that scoring stocks gives you. If safety is critical to you, then keep your stocks above 60. What is interesting, and you can see this in the book's charts, that most of the highest-paying dividend stocks have very low scores in the 20s and 30s. You will notice that many blue-chip popular stocks, like Tesla, are not in the book. That This is because few blue-chip stocks pay a dividend greater than 1.5%. They had to be paying a dividend of 3.5% to get in the book. If you score them, you'll find many of the blue chip stocks have scores over 50, but this book is about both safety and income. We also see that stocks like Rio Tinto and British American Tobacco are in the book with high scores and good dividends. They are foreign companies, which automatically disqualifies them from being in the standard and poor list of blue chip stocks. Question number two.
1: Do the stocks with lower scores in your portfolio get more scrutiny and upkeep than stocks with a higher score?
0: No, I do not give the lower scoring stocks more scrutiny. I do not have one stock in any of my various portfolios in a lost position. I explain in the book that there are only two things that cause me to replace a stock. The score must fall below 50, and at the same time, the dividend yield percent must fall below 5%. I can go for a year without having to make a change, and I only make a change if I can find a higher scoring stock with a higher dividend yield percent. This is when I go to the four sorts of the charts in the book to find a replacement. Most investors lose money in the stock market because they buy and sell stocks on emotion instead of based on facts, such as an objective scoring system based on easily accessible facts. Stock share prices can go up and they can go down, but the scores can remain high. During a market crash, the share price may drop by 50%, but the dividend payments do not drop and the scores stay high. Question number three.
1: Many of the stocks paying high dividends are commodities. Does your portfolio contain many oil, mining, and lumber stocks?
0: Having grown up in one of the largest mining cities in the world and having worked for those mining companies to pay my way through university, I have no love for commodities, whether they be in minerals, oil, or lumber. Their prices and their profits are very much dictated by the supply and demand of world markets. A lump of copper is a lump of copper. There is no customer loyalty. Whether they make money or not depends on how much of the natural resource they have and how efficiently they can extract it. The more efficient they are, the sooner they will deplete their reserves. I want to invest where possible in companies that can build exceptional long-term customer loyalty. My aversion to commodities is personal. There are many strong mining and oil stocks, for example, Vale and Rio Tinto. When I buy A stock, I'm not buying a stock. I'm buying into a corporation and the people who manage it. The joy about the stock market is that you have a wide selection of stocks to choose from and being a self-directed investor, you can invest in what you feel comfortable with. I do try to diversify. A portfolio is a judgment call. Question number four.
1: What are the best high-yield dividend stocks at this time?
0: There are many stocks that pay high dividends that are not safe stocks to buy. If you get a copy of the High Dividend Handbook and turn to page 128, you will see the 19 top dividend-paying stocks traded on the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ, with operating margins greater than 15%. They are paying dividends between 10.5% and 31.70%. According to their IDM scores, only 5 might be considered safe to be added to a value portfolio. Many of the stocks paying such a high dividend return are one-hit wonders. The chances of them continuing to pay such a high dividend are remote. It becomes important to look back over the stock's share price and dividend payout for the last 20 years, if they have been around that long, to see the consistency of their character. Historical dividend payment and share price records for all 268 high-dividend-paying stocks appear later in the book for all the stocks. The sweet spot for high-dividend stocks appears to be those paying dividends between 6% and 10%. You can find several desirable stocks, like Rio Tinto, on page 357 of the book. Rio has an excellent IDM score of 71, pays a dividend of 9.30, and has a history over 20 years of share prices climbing steadily from $16.79 to $84.45, while its dividend payments have climbed over the same period of time from 20 cents to $3.76. Question number five.
1: How does portfolio diversification work as opposed to investing all my money into one investment?
0: Portfolio diversification goes back to the old farmer saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You spread your portfolio risk by investing in several of the financially strongest stocks, showing 20-year histories of ever-rising share prices and dividend payouts. How do you identify if a stock is strong? You score it using software like the IDM scoring software. Note the nine easily obtainable facts that are entered into the scoring software's data windows. First, you use standard stock selector programs to weed out the weakest stocks traded on the stock exchange. For example, an operating margin of less than 15%, price-to-earning ratios over 30 You then score all the remaining stocks and sort them by score from highest score to lowest score. A stock score is calculated out of 100. Of the thousands of scores I have calculated, the lowest score I have seen is an eight and the highest is a 78. I avoid stocks scoring under 50. I ran a study for one year Starting in early 2021, find out what would happen if you scored all the stocks on the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ and then invested your money in the top 20 highest scoring stocks. I had previously learned that 95% of strong companies with long histories of ever-rising share prices and ever-rising dividend payouts continue to have rising share prices and dividend payouts for a considerable time into the future. Thus, if you invested in the 20 highest-scoring stocks, only one or two will deviate from their traditional patterns of success. These deviates are so insignificant that with the impressive capital gains in the other 18 or 19 stocks, their negative impact on your portfolio's value would be almost irrelevant. If you bet all your money on one stock and it crashed, that loss of capital could be a disaster. Therefore, you diversify because it is not possible to accurately predict the future price for stocks, so you hedge your bets by spreading your risk. Chapter 10, Careful Money Management. I'm now going to read from page 437 to page 442 of American High Dividend Handbook. While investing is all about increasing your personal revenues, This chapter is all about controlling your expenses to enjoy a profitable lifestyle. You can't have your cake and eat it too, my mother used to say. If you are going broke, trying to look rich, then you need to accept the reality that your attitude towards money has a problem. The objective in investing is to obtain financial independence. This means you want to eventually realize a steady, reliable income from your investments that allows you to live well without the need for employment or the worry of outliving your wealth. To reach this objective, you need to start accumulating enough cash as early in life as possible to invest in financially strong, high-dividend-paying stocks, Such stocks will pay ever-increasing dividends in tandem with ever-increasing share prices. Before you need that dividend income to live on, you keep steadily reinvesting those dividends. You'll be surprised how rapidly your portfolio will grow. However, before you can even think of investing in stocks, you need to pay off all debts with intolerably high interest rates. It makes no sense to paying credit card interest rates of twenty percent when you are only receiving six to eight percent in dividend income. Committing to an interest rate of two point five percent for a mortgage makes sense when your stocks are paying you six to eight percent in dividends versus selling your stocks To minimize your mortgage payments. Being mindful of interest rates includes your spouse's debts. Married couples are usually responsible for each other's debts. Financial compatibility and agreement on how to handle debt is important. Surveys have shown that 90% of respondents view financial responsibility by a prospective spouse is an appealing trait. 53% of survey respondents said they would avoid a relationship with someone who was debt burdened. 60% had been in relationships with partners who were reckless with money and now they avoided relationships with the financially irresponsible. While infidelity may be the number one reason for divorce, the number two reason is money. Important financial decisions require joint consideration and agreement. Most likely, you will be sharing at least one bank account. No one likes negative surprises. Your partner needs to be able to carry on with your investment plans if you become incapacitated, it is important that your partner understands that whether dividends are derived from stocks or funds, they are considered to be taxable income by both federal and state governments, even if they are immediately reinvested. The dividend income falls into one of two tax categories, qualified dividends and unqualified dividends. The qualified dividends are taxed at the lower capital gains rate. The unqualified are taxed at the ordinary income tax rate that is applied to wages. The difference between the two categories depends on how long the shares are held in a domestic or foreign corporation. Qualified dividends must be owned at least 60 days prior to a stock's ex dividend and 60 days after that date. The ex dividend date is a day after the cutoff record date a company uses to determine which shareholders are eligible to receive a dividend. It is important to keep the ex dividend date in mind before selling a stock. You will not be required to calculate whether your dividends were qualified or unqualified. In late January of each year, you will receive a form if you were paid a dividend. The form will detail the amount you were paid the previous year and qualified and unqualified dividends is reported. Depending on your filing status and total taxable income for the year, The savings can be significant for qualified dividends. You could pay less than half the income tax of unqualified dividend income. The tax and dividends can also be delayed or removed by putting your dividend stocks in tax advantage accounts, such as a Roth IRA or Roth 401k. Any dividends earned in these accounts are tax-free. Providing you obey the withdrawal rules. Withdrawing the money early can not only negate the tax benefit, but can result in a penalty. The money from these accounts is meant to be withdrawn from these accounts after you retire, a time when your income is expected to have declined into a lower tax bracket. For example, a single taxpayer with taxable income of $40,000 or less in 2020, or $40,400 or less for 2021, qualifying for zero tax rate on qualified dividends, but not on unqualified dividends. Those income limits are doubled for married couples filing jointly. The main advantage of a 401k is that your money is contributed before it is taxed, and often employers will match your contributions. Employers typically do not contribute unless you do. There is a limit on how much you and your employer can put in your 401k account each year. Usually, you can put in up to 15% of your annual salary. You can also invest in education-oriented accounts such as 529 Plan or a Coverdell education savings account. These withdrawals are tax-free only when used for qualified education expenses. I am not an accountant. These tax benefits may be a topic to review with an accountant. My portfolio is 100% in dividend stocks And even after paying income tax, I have far more free cash than I ever had when I was working and paying income taxes that used to eat up much of my income. Since tax rules change constantly, it is wise that an experienced, professional, certified accountant does your income tax. It may cost you a few hundred dollars, but it could save you tens of thousands of dollars plus avoid any problems with the Internal Revenue Service. Until you are free of high-interest obligations, you must question every dollar spent. The people I know who have worked hard to accumulate millions of dollars in assets don't drive overly expensive show cars, wear expensive designer clothes, live in 10,000-square-foot mansions, or engage in an overly extravagant lifestyle. Before they spend a dollar, they think about the realizable cost benefit of that dollar. These are not impulsive people. In the legendary 1996 book, The Millionaire Next Door, authors, professor Thomas J. Stanley, PhD, in William D. Dank, Ph.D., the authors describe how 50 years ago they began studying the wealthy. They started the research in what they thought was the most logical place, the well-to-do areas across the United States. They soon discovered that people in the impressive upscale homes who drove expensive cars rarely had a net worth in the millions of dollars. The foundation of their lifestyle was not a high net worth, but high debt. The cost of creating this illusion of wealth removes any chance of ever achieving real wealth, one that would allow you to stop working and still maintain your lifestyle. Perhaps you cannot blame them. Our society expects us to be working for 40 years of our lives. It does not motivate us to achieving financial independence as early in our lives as possible. Investing is not a topic taught in secondary schools, but it should be. What expense would I cut if I were one of those high-income, low-wealth individuals who is maxed out on my credit cards and struggling to keep from sinking deeper into debt? Thank you. Good night. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com.